Hello and welcome. This is the Filmmakers Podcast and this is part two of a wonderful chat with the legend that is Timothy Spall and the director Stephen Cookson. But before we get to that, as you know, I produced the film Serial Killer's Guide to Life well. It's been selected for the Edinburgh International Film Festival's Work in Progress Showcase, which is amazing. It's a huge congratulations to Staten, Poppy and all the team. But could you guys do me a favour? Could you head to the Facebook page and give it a like? I promise you it really does help us. Why not do it now while you're listening? Head there, head to Facebook, type in A Serial Killer's Guide to Life Movie and click like. Thank you. And while you're at it, why not follow us on Twitter as well, at A Killer's Guide. More news on that wonderful film coming soon. But for now, this is part two. We're going to jump straight back in with our podcast. With acting legend Timothy Spall. He talks about Harry Potter. And the director Stephen Cookson, who gives us more in-depth tricks and tips about working with actors and on set. You're going to love it. Here it is. Enjoy. What was, you know, what Steve did brilliantly on this as well was um, because we were writing, and it was quite wordy, this, right up to the last minute, and sometimes I was going home shooting all day, and then in the case of, say, the Max Miller character, Mm. who's got this big opening gag, I went back and wrote and sent it to Steve, wrote the gag, and then in the morning I had to come in and do this gag that I'd written, but I had, you know, is writing something and then learning at the same time is a different thing. It's a very hard thing. And Steve's um, ability to say, no, it's all right. Look, well, I, don't worry because we can cut. Uh, there's a cut point here, a cut point there. Because mm. he'd been meticulous about his, how he he'd shot balls and they were simple. Yeah. Uh, I knew that he had a cut point. Mm. So if I faltered, and then if you've got uh, if you've got a fail safe and then you've got the confidence, the director's going, it's all right. Don't worry about it. I've got it. You know, and sometimes we only did it like once, one bit of it. Yeah. And and there it is, it's done. And that's that's again, that's a testament to having a lot of bottle. Yes. And a mixture of bottle and a, a, a good heart. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's no point. You know, yeah. if technically it's right, if it's in focus and there was no sound issues, mm-hmm. what's the point of putting you through it? Totally. Yeah. You know, we've got it. Let's yeah. move on. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, yeah, and it's on point. If you, you reckon the performance is there, why yeah. keep doing it? You know, totally. Just I'll for work, one little moment or yeah. one little... Yeah, I mean, I'll work with somebody exactly. in Hollywood. I won't. But they, no, go on. No, I can't. <laughs> no, don't. No, I mean, they... they, they I think they're famous for it, but they... they it, it, it's not Mr. Cruz, but um, uh, hundreds and hundreds of takes. And, oh. and it's usually about take three that... Um, you got it. I see you think... And it was never better than that. Yeah. Um, never better. No, I mean, nothing wrong with going and going again. Sometimes you're exhausted mm. if something comes out at the end. But if you've got it in take three, why do why go to take eighty six? Totally. Well, because <laughs> you know? It also ruins, you know? it ruins the next scenes. Yeah. It's not fair on the camera crew. You know yeah. what I mean? From an actor's point of view, working with a smaller crew like you did on this is that a different experience to a, a huge Hollywood where there's four hundred people on set? Is it a different pace of working, or does it? Well, it's a hell of a lot quicker, this, because we only had, how long, how long do we have to shoot? Three weeks. Three, three and a half weeks. Oh, three and a half weeks. Yeah. Kind of yeah, answers yeah, it, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. It's, that you can't mess about. Sure. And then, um, yeah, and they were great. I mean, they're very inventive. You know, I, I said at one point, oh, this shaving brush, it's not, um, it's, it's, I can't see it. And then somebody in the art department, Felix, went off and came back with a big, 
And then make this big thing out. I just made it. You know? <laughs> I mean, and then wow. after, all is too big. And then we, we <laughs> used something else entirely. You know, so they were really up for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, you didn't have to go through department, department, department. Um, oddly, this place, and I think it informs the entire film. This is slightly changing the, um, uh, uh, the question. The whole film, this peculiar place that Steve found, that was it, uh, um, law court. It was um, Tower Tower Bridge, wasn't it? Was it London? No, Tower Bridge Law Magistrates Court. Oh, okay. That's where we shot it. It had this amazing atmosphere in it, isn't it? Mm, um, yeah. That informed. And also we had the production officers in there, the art department were in there, and we come in there every day. Perfect. And the whole thing was shot in this one place, and it had a whole... Do you remember that time when we... We're down in the cells because they had the courts upstairs. You had a court, two two different courtrooms, mm-hmm. and then that big open thing that you see in it where I'm cleaning these stairways. stairwells. Yes. And then down below there were these the cells. Yes, you know, and um, it was quite a peculiar atmosphere in there, wasn't it? Yeah. And one day we went, we rehearsed a scene, and all the doors were were were, were shut, and we said, oh, "Okay." Then we walk through here, uh, and do a steady cam shot, and Tim, you know, I'm following you. And then nobody had been in there, do you remember? Yeah. And then we went back round to, uh, to do it, and uh, over about seven different cells, wouldn't it? All the cell doors are open. Oh. <laughs> do you remember that? I do remember All that. The, and Very said, spooky. who's opened the doors? Yeah. Nobody's been in there. It was really, really strange. Yeah. And I think it's something in that, the misery mm. of that and this Victorian world that we, this grand guignol sort of um, uh, grotesque Victorian thing that's in this film comes out somehow in some way we were we were getting this juice out of this peculiar place it's probably yeah. now eight star hotel isn't it it is a hotel now is it yeah, <laughs> yeah it's sort of yeah. down the it's a hotel okay, no, it's yeah. you're down in this bottom there and you you better be bathroom door yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and the bloke with a funny wig comes out <laughs> that's well, I'd have to be dead to do that no 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 no, 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 no not yet, not yet. <laughs> no but that was actually a perfect segue because I wanted to talk to you about the location because it looks beautiful and it does exactly what you say Tim it really enhances the film and makes you feel part of it and I reckon the crew love that because when you're all together for a three week shoot and you're all in the same building you're not moving about you find your little spaces and the, you know the smoke comes up and you just you're just quiet and, and everyone's concentrating that must have been really cool to feel well, it, that. It's typical low budget, isn't it? Mm. Right up to Evil Dead. I mean, you want yeah, lo- yeah. one location to save all the unit moves and everything. Mm-hmm, yeah. So, But what we found is when we were looking for these locations, it was really difficult to find a building that had everything we needed. Obviously, you know, we found in various buildings with courtrooms. Sure. But then to have basements as well as all the other bit, you know, we needed a house where he lived at yes, the end. Yes, exactly, yeah. Home. Um, and it was difficult. But... I'm amazed you shot it in the same place. I'm amazed. Yeah, well, it wasn't originally. I mean, originally in the script, he actually went to a garden at the end. You remember when he was oh. throwing the ball oh. in his, in his yeah. set? But it exactly works better that it's kind of a flat, I think. Mm. You know, it is. Standard yeah, house. it really works. And in terms of... Um, <laughs> sorry to interrupt, Jess. No, Mike, no problem. I was going to say, is it all right? We might take a little break because Tim can speak to Empire, if that's all right. Yeah. And we can always come back in and you guys can just finish the chat. Is that all right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. Is it Dan Jolin? He's speaking to Dan Jolin. Be. I think it might be Dan Jolin. Cool, I love the Empire. Look at guys in the Empire Film Podcast. It's brilliant. Is Tim okay to come up? Oh, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, we'll come back to Lightning. We'll carry on talking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just come back in in a bit. It's no problem. Tim's off to do Empire Podcast. Do let him get a word in. Empire chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in terms of the the light of it and the look of it because my god i was watching it going 
fuck, it looks amazing. It's beautiful. Who was your DOP? Ismail. Ishmael, yeah. yeah. Do you know Ishmael? No, you know I've heard his name before, yeah. yeah I've worked yeah. with him before. Yeah. We've done three films together. He's right. Spanish and he came over specially, you know, so he's very talented. Yeah, and, um, I agree with that. The, 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 the desaturation we did on the characters, that was obviously a post, you know, decision. Sure, yeah. Because um, yeah. we, I mean, it, it works well as colour. I mean, we shot it all in full colour, you know, mm-hmm. but um, we, we, Tim and I really like um, Scrooge, you know, the Alice yes. Sim movie yeah. yes. where they play ghosts. So yeah, yeah. I, I just tried it a little bit. Sorry. I'll keep, uh, just close the door. Cheers, Mike. Oh, sorry, Actually, Giles, I've got to go as well. I'm going to go to the <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, you were saying. Um... I was just saying. So, so we so we shot the film in full color. Um, but when we were when we were writing it, you know, we, we were watching the Alistair Sim movie about Scrooge, sure. which is where, where all the ghosts come in. And obviously, we couldn't reshoot it, making them transparent, because that would have required a longer shoot to to do it twice. Yeah. Um, but but I just said, look, can can we turn the characters into black and white? And which we did on a, a small test, mm. and Tim really liked it. And Lip Sync did the post-production for oh, us, yeah, which was Lip-Sync. really good. Yeah. But what I didn't appreciate was, as you would know, is all the characters then had to be rotoscoped. Sure. And so it <laughs> took absolutely months, wow. particularly when he was doing Max Wall with his hands like yeah, this. I mean, course, that, yeah. that I believe, took about two weeks, just, just the, the movement with his hands, because every frame, you know, had got to be animated into black and white. Oh, my gosh. So it was a big decision. <laughs> but they did it. They didn't charge us anymore. And they did a brilliant job. Wow. So. Would you have done something differently if you had to do that again, would you have shot in black and white or? No, I don't think so. I think if, if we'd had more money and a longer shoot, I think to have them transparent fully would have been good. Okay. But then, as, as you know, we'd had to have shot it twice, you know, with a clean plate. Yeah. So, um, but no, I think I'm, I'm happy with the end result. Oh, 100%. <laughs> it's, in, it's incredible. It's beautiful. Yeah. The, all the stuff, the light coming through the window. Every single shot was like a painting. And I, mm. I think I was testament to you and Ishmael because it was just stunning. And his and Tim's performance as well. You kind of go, "This is great," you know. <laughs> and if you like the kind of the story that this is and the the the, the world that this lives in, you're going to love this film. Well, somebody said to us, um, I can't remember where it was. I, uh, I think it was in Oxford. Some some film students were in there. And they said this is like real cinema, yes. and that was so complimentary yeah. to both of us because, as I said, didn't want it to be a TV movie. Yeah, yeah, so I was like, "Oh, great!" You know, yeah. two, three, five, they love it. And Tim's like, "Oh, film star," you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's on. So, it yeah, nice. so as you're as you're writing it, how much of that look is coming to you as you're writing, or is that something that comes later on when you that comes later in my prep? I mean, sure. as you can imagine, because Tim and I li- li- you know, wrote it together, yeah, yeah, yeah. and most of the well, all the work really we did together was based on the dialogue. Right. So Tim would act it out, and I would type it, and then I'd read it back to him, and then he'd say whether that worked, mm-hmm. and then we'd edit it. So that's how all that came about. And then I, and then really, when Tim went off to do a film, I then think, right, how am I going to dramatize this right. and make it visually interesting? So all of the stuff with the clouds and the well, everything on the coffin and the beginning and the island and all that stuff was was myself and the visual effects supervisor Costas, mm-hmm. ah. and and we we designed all, the whole look. Brilliant, yeah, yeah no, it's so stunning. It's, it's, yeah, really good. it really <laughs> works. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. yeah. Wow. So you learnt to do visual effects as well then a little bit, or would you just sat behind him and make it better? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I sort of think, can you do this? I mean, well, yeah. I mean, the digital clouds at the beginning. I mean, they're all digital. People think they're That's real. Incredible. That in itself. Wow. I mean. Was it's about two months' work? Seriously, mm-hmm. those clouds, just the clouds. Now, there's the, it's in the trailer. So, if you're not watching the film at the moment because it might not be available on DVD yet, then watch the trailer and we can, those clouds. Yeah, they look real. Yeah. It's yeah. incredible. So they're all fake, right? <laughs> as is the balloon, you know. As is the island, you know. As is lo- lots of things. 
Amazing. And this all, I love that it came to both your minds to sort of go, let's just go there with this. Let's just think outside the box and, all right, let's put him in a hot air balloon. Right, <laughs> let's have him playing his mother. And, you know, it's just really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Really yeah, we interesting. We so lucky. Be, I mean, as I say, it does all come from the financing, as you know. I was going to say, you know, yeah, yeah. If it hadn't been for Red Rock to just basically give us that, because obviously we knew at the end of the day we were going to make this film. Mm. You know, the money was literally in the bank for two years and we had to deliver a film. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is yeah, yeah. about football. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you enjoy it. <laughs> That's so good. No, but okay. I, I do think you know it, it's much more original than the football film would have been. Whether we'd have got a theatrical release, I mean, you know, to be fair, looking back, because mm-hmm. it, it was so much more straightforward. You know, it was about you know whatever it was about. It was a guy in prison who likes football, and it was it was quite quite linear. Yeah. Whereas this is as you're both saying so much richer mm-hmm. with loads of ideas in it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean the sound design was was months and months of work you know really yeah i mean they did they did so much work and it's won some awards as well in in, in, oh, in europe so so that was a big job yeah 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 it must be how long did it take to edit the whole thing then uh it took longer than normal um because it was difficult to assemble because of obviously all the over the shoulder stuff mm-hmm. and getting the eye lines right so yeah. normally you can do it and i could do it in about three weeks with my rupert my editor but this took about seven um just to get the basic assembly you know right and then obviously certain things didn't work, so we didn't do any reshoots, but we had to sort of jig things around, you know. And then and then once we'd locked the picture, I think it, yeah, it was probably about ten weeks to lock the picture, mm-hmm. and then it was a further at least four months in full post, if not five months. Okay. So it was a long old job. Yeah. And then did Red Rock <laughs> take it to to market, if you like? Or? Yeah, yeah, they took it to market, and mm-hmm. you know, and and then pushed it all around the film festivals last year, as as, as you were saying earlier yeah. on. It's it's won a lot of awards. You know, I mean, it is a bit like Marmite. I think, you know, you like it or you don't like it. But I think as long as you know it's going to be weird and you're thinking of a razor head yeah. meets Kind Hearts and Coronets, you will like it. If yes. you're thinking it's going to be like Benny Hill or Dick no, Emery, it's, it's not that. It's, it's not, not that. It's not, it could have been. I mean, yeah. I, I should have said, I mean, when Tim was doing it, some bits were absolutely hilarious, you know, yeah. you could imagine. And, and we almost had to tone it down in the edit because it was just too much. It was too hilarious. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. 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 And we didn't want it to be that funny yes well so. it, it, yeah there was a certain thing like league of gentlemen or brazil you, you know it's that kind of uh, that way it could go but you're yes. right it, you you didn't go that far and to say league of gentlemen is wrong because it's the wrong vibe for it it's a similar tone maybe but it's not that it's different it's more heart it's more real and yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well it, tim can always bring heart to a character i mean mm-hmm. i you know i learned that in my angel i mean just a look that he gives Stanley, which is, which is, as he said earlier on, is so minimal yes. that there's so much going on. When uh-huh. he's just standing there doing nothing, he's thinking a million miles an hour, you know. Yeah, that must um, have been great to work with. Oh, right. it's phenomenal. I mean, when I said it like genius, it is genius. Yeah. You know, why would I say cut if he's about to do something amazing? Totally. You know? Yeah, yeah. The camera's going, please say cut, please say cut. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, I'm not going to say cut. It's true. That must have been a, a joy to work with him constantly on 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 that then and every day just one actor well two in this case but one. it was it was tiring for both of us though as you can imagine yeah. i tell you what i found tiring was because he didn't have any other actors to be with at the lunch times i had to do all the other lines so i was literally on it all the time oh my god i didn't have any time wow. to sort of do my director stuff mm. so i had to quickly say to ishmael right this is the setup this is what we're doing this is how we, you know literally mm-hmm. in a couple of minutes and he then set up for an hour or so with a light. And then I'd go back up to, to Tim's dressing room and we'd rehearse the lines, you know. 
So that was quite tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bet you slept well after you finished I did, shooting. but it was great because obviously to, well, to work, as you say, so closely with Tim is an honour. Yeah, so it's, of course. It, it was brilliant, yeah. absolutely brilliant. And because you knew you were getting that in the bag, in the can, yeah. as it were, you were kind of going, oh, whatever happens, I've got something great here. Uh, absolutely. And, absolutely. A, and a massive, another uh, window for you as a director as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you mentioned My Angel there, obviously your, your first film. It was your first feature film you directed because you made shorts before that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, okay. How did that come about? Because that's, I was going to ask you earlier, but we jumped brilliantly, so I'm asking you now. <laughs> How did it come about? Um, um, Can you remember? I got it was a while ago. <laughs> well, well, it, it wasn't Red Rock. It was, it was independent financing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's where I met my current business partner, Peter Keegan. It was yes. CK Films. Yes. So he kindly, virtually fully financed that film. Wow. Um, and then he made all his money back because BBC bought it. So it was a good experience for him. Mm-hmm. And, that, and then we've been, you know, business partners mm-hmm. ever since. Um, I mean, the film just came about. I mean, I wrote the script over about a year. You know, uh, yeah. I say met Peter through my accountant. That's a good way to meet financial people. Yeah. Um, he happened to have sold his business, so he had some money to spare. He liked the liked the script, so I could then go to the actors' agents, you know, and say, "Do you want to be in this?" And uh, and that was it, really. You know, as I say, we we had offered Tim's part recently somebody else, but then you know uh, Tim wanted to do it, and obviously I really relished the opportunity of working with him. Yeah. Um, then after we got Tim, we spoke about Brenda Blethin, and, and Tim put a call in for me. You know, I then spoke to Brenda. She became attached. Amazing. I was always a fan of Mel Smith, who hadn't done that much acting, you know. Uh, comedy, been, yeah, it's more comedy. Comedy, been directing and stuff. And so, again, we just sent it to him. I met him for a bit to eat. We got on, and he said he'd do it. Mm. Same thing with Celia Imrie. Um, so that was it, really. That so, sounds, a bit, it sounds so easy. <laughs> it was much easier than sort of Stanley, because obviously Stanley is much more involved and complicated. That mm-hmm. My Angel is quite a sort of a standard coverage, you know, sure. drama, comedy yeah. drama. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm still proud of it. It's good fun. Yeah, so, you should be. And the kids as well, working with the kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Jo- jo- Joey Phillips had just been doing Billy Elliot. Uh, mm. That that's where we found him. So he was, you know, quite young. It was his first film. He's a really nice guy. So yeah, yeah it was, it was yeah. good. And what did you learn from that first film that you took on to your next film? Mumbo well, no, I know. Actually, in fact, my first film, sorry, was was Mumbo Jumbo. Sorry, that was before My Angel. Right. And okay. I learned the most on that film, I would say, because I was working with Joss Ackland, mm-hmm. you know, who's a really established actor. Yeah. And he taught me a lot about, like we were saying earlier on, about not giving too many directing uh, tips to, yeah. to an actor because they just can't, they just don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned on that film that a lot of these experienced actors like Tim will time their performance to camera moves you know they, they know the time so that so the actor will say to the grip the dolly's too fast and that when that first happened to me on my i was like wow Ooh. didn't think of that <laughs> happening but obviously they're timing it also it's going to yeah. be the right yeah. moment yeah. so 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 i think once i did that film i realized with older actors you've got to be really respectful and that's why i like working with people like tim you know and obviously stephen burkoff i've just done two films two with films, and yeah. he's extremely experienced but you know you bow to their their experience and their knowledge well, who they've you, worked with you know. well, they know what they're doing mm. that's the thing they, yeah. they understand it and they've worked for this long in the business yes they know where the camera is they know where the light is they understand it. yeah i mean you really feel that as a dp as well the difference mm. is very clear it's you just yes give them what they need and let them get yeah. on with it right absolutely I mean, that's yeah. the absolutely. yeah yeah, no, yeah they'll hit their mark first time and they've just done it a million times yeah they'll find their light it's yeah. 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 yeah yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like the Clint Eastwood thing you know you, you, <laughs> you do you need one take yeah. thanks very much I've kind yeah. of got it yeah yeah, yeah. 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 You, you move on yeah it's fascinating is there any um, tips you can give 
first time filmmakers or people potentially trying to make their second film at the moment from your vast knowledge and experience? <laughs> well, I think going back to people who haven't directed, I know it sounds mm. obvious, but just direct something. You know, yep. you know, I've met people over the years who just wasted their time deluding themselves. They're a director, you know, and then they finally do something and they don't like it. And yeah. so it's been a complete waste of five years, you know? <laughs> so, so the first thing I would say, if you want to be a director, for God's sake, just get your phone out, do something tomorrow, edit it on, on Final Cut or whatever, and just, and just see if you like doing that job, you know? Mm-hmm. That would be the first thing. Um, I think the idea is the most important thing of everything, right? Yeah. Because there's no point spending years of your life trying to raise the money, making the film, get it distributed if the idea is no good. Mm-hmm. So I would just, and don't just ask your family and friends, you know, try it with people that you don't know what do you think about this as an idea? Um, So I think that is the best advice I can give as well before you start on the journey. Uh, Also, you've got to decide, I mean, this is a bit different for Stanley Manor Variety because that was an organic film I did with Tim. But I remember meeting Irving Kirshner years ago oh, on the tube. Star Wars director. <laughs> yes, yes, Empire Strikes Back. Indeed. And, he said, and I said, oh, have you got any advice? And he just said, know your audience. You know, make sure you know who's going to come and see this film. That's my end line every week. Oh, I, really? That's oh. what I say. And, that, and now I'll just put Irving Kirshner saying yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I've been saying it, but it's true. No, you, who are you selling it to? Yeah, know absolutely. your audience. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and, and again, it's so important. Yeah. Um, so that, that I would say is it's sort of relevant. It's great advice. Um, in terms of then your career and getting an agent and moving that way, did that happen quite easily for you? Uh, no, I, with agents, um, because I produce and raise money for my own films, I don't have an agent ah. uh, currently, but I have had agents in the past. Mm-hmm. When I was in America, I had a couple of uh, LA agents and they, they can represent you on a project by project basis. They don't necessarily just rep you for everything. Right. So there's all sorts of different ways to skin a cat with that. Yeah. But you've got to remember, they're not really going to get you work. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I know loads of directors and almost all of them get the, get their own jobs yeah. and, 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 and the agent just brokers the deal, yes. you know? Um, so yes, so agents are really good, but I don't miss, miss it particularly. That's really interesting because a lot of directors I know and I speak to, they go, Oh, I've got to get an agent. That's going to really help me. It's going to open more doors and you're you're shaking your head. I don't think so. I really don't think so. I mean, if you're hot, if you're Danny Boyle, you're always going to work. You want the agent to, you know, to talk about that. If you're up and coming, then, you know, you'll you'll be as, you'll be in the line with everybody else, whether you've got the agent or not. That's true. Yeah. So So would you say a manager was better then in that sense that can go find? Uh, No, I I would say a lawyer, actually. I mean, I've got a very good lawyer and he does all my contracts and he's very well connected. And he's put me in touch with a lot of financing and a lot of producers. (laughs) Giles and I are looking at each other like, oh, yeah. So I would say get a lawyer, get a a good media solicitor, you know, or a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll be they'll be more good useful. for you they'll yeah. be more useful yeah that's great advice I'm going to get the number of your lawyer after <laughs> so <laughs> that's really good that's really great news um, okay. no it's interesting I mean I've had I've um, had a lot of agents as well and, and, and in fairness the guys I'm with now are fantastic but yeah they're, they're not really there to get you work um, as you say it's you know but I think the common misconception is that they will yes but yeah. you know they're invaluable when you get get projects in and they're dealing with the you know the production side of it and having to deal with giles and you know i think people like that get money out of him but (laughs) yeah yeah, um well we deal we deal with agents to get actors you know and obviously to get crew because it's like a booking service so i think i think for crew and actors it's a really good idea yeah but i'm just not sure as a producer director writer whether it is i mean if i was a writer for hire then maybe i know again quite a few writers you know and they get they get work from an agent sure 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't direct TV. You know, I, I just I just sort of made a decision years ago. I'm just going to do films. Mm-hmm. So again, I don't want the agent saying to me, "Oh, do you want to do an episode of EastEnders?" Because it's just not what I want to do. Sure. I prefer yeah, to work for three years on yeah. one film. Yeah, you know. So I think if you're that way inclined, you don't you don't need an agent. That's interesting, isn't it? Mm. To make the choice to say I'm not going to do TV because a lot of directors go, well, I want the work, so I will go do an episode of um, Hollyoaks or whatever because you know, it's another credit, it's another thing. But actually, that's really interesting. You say, no, I'm not doing that. I'm sticking to film. Was that what was the decision behind that? Why? Um, I think it's just because I'm a big film fan, and 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 the and the, the film I did before Mumbo Jumbo was a children's film called Stone Man, and this was produced by John Daly, who was the uh, owner of Hemdale, you know, okay. which was a, which was as big as working title in its day. He he wow. single handedly produced Platoon and Terminator oh. and The Last Emperor, oh. so we had all these Oscars above his you know fireplace oh my gosh and and he just and he just because obviously he discovered oliver stone and james cameron and again it's like the believability you can do it because i was Mm -hmm. i was doing extra work and i just thought i can do any of this and that's what i want to be i want to follow in those footsteps and i want to be james cameron i want to be oliver stone i don't want to be a tv director that's great so i think that that was where that came from that's really interesting because i think tv has changed at the moment now tv is much more from what i hear and the guests we've had on our directors it can be feature film-esque like the bigger ones, Piggy Blinders yeah. and stuff. Oh, no, you kind it's, of, yeah, it's true. No, absolutely right. That's Holly very Oaks much the style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm talking like, you, you know, um, House of Cards and things like that. Well, you're making a yeah. maybe three feature films in one episode sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So, going, going to a guaranteed huge audience. Yes. I mean, yeah. don't yeah, get me yeah. wrong, guys. I know it does make sense now. I should be doing TV. <laughs> <laughs> There's still time, Stephen. I know. Like, and I may end up doing that. Yeah. But at the moment, I'm just still following yeah. my dreams. I, so. I like that. Cause, right. You know, I, like you say... Yeah. You know, maybe 10 years ago, it wasn't like that. There wasn't the Netflix and there wasn't the series you could do that. But now there is. So that's interesting. It's one of the reasons I haven't got an agent yet. It's not because they're banging down my door or anything like that. But just the the same thing. I'm going, well, I'm making my own work as a director at the moment. And I'm creating things. I'm producing stuff. I'm screenwriting stuff. So, And I really like that advice to say, well, actually, you don't need to get an agent at the moment. What for? If if they're not actually going to get you meetings and sit you down with producers or screenwriters, then and you can do it yourself. Well, well a, friend, a friend of mine has got an agent, a big agent in in LA, right? Because yeah. because of something that they did, and and I saw him the other week, and he went to um, LA in January and February, and I think he said he had it was about 150 meetings, oh, right? And I said, so, well, that's been amazing. You know how lucky are you? You know, mm. brilliant. And he said, no, 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 they were all a complete waste of time. <laughs> really yeah really because they they weren't looking for directors you know oh, yes. he's not big enough for what they're doing you know whatever yeah. level yes and he just said it was just the agent sort of justifying the fee and it was just with with the mates that he knows in I see. studios yeah, making it feel like making yeah, it yeah. feel good so it cost him like five grand or whatever to stay out there fly out there and he said it was a complete waste of time so you know that's really interesting yeah that's re- that makes me feel really yeah, nice yeah. <laughs> Yeah, do you know what? That's all right. Because I, I believe that too. They go, oh, you've got all these big meetings at Warner Brothers or at mm-hmm. MGM, and you kind of go, all that, oh, yeah. Well, Net- and he saw Netflix as well, yeah. and, and Amazon, and Mac, all, all everybody. And, and now they've forgotten who he is. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Wow, they, so well, what, they've probably not forgotten who he is. No, but, but you, you know, know what I mean? mean? Yeah, yeah. What, what you've got to do is you've got to put your energy in making stuff. That's what you've got to do. Yes. You know what I mean? Make, yeah. that, that five grand he should have made into a short film yep. that's going to get BAFTA nominated. Yes. And one, you know, one of BAFTA. Totally. That would have been a good use of those eight weeks. Totally agree. Totally agree with that. That makes sense. Or oh, in, in some people out there, we can make a feature film for five grand. There is yeah, some yeah. people out there who would do that. So you go, okay. I mean, it's different levels, so that doesn't really make sense. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's true because it does. Yeah. No, don't show, show talent though, doesn't it? Of course it does. To say, God, you made that for five grand. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Totally. Well, we've got someone coming on the podcast coming up who was part of the Robert Rodriguez yeah. uh, Rebel Without a Crew, where they all got seven grand yeah. to make a well, it's got a seventy minute to ninety minute feature film in the time that they could do it in. Yeah. And I just watched his film the other night and I was like, fair play to you. It's really good. Yeah. yeah, yeah we made yeah. it for seven K. We yeah. had one couple of guys on who made one for two grand. What well, for one grand. I came on made one for one grand. Mm. It's a Civil War period drama. And it's amazing what you can do. People can go out there and yeah. make films. Yeah. Well there is no excuse now, is there? No. I mean there's no excuse. If you've got if you want to be a filmmaker, do it. Yeah. You know. That's go it. and shoot. Just yeah. go and shoot something yeah. and go then find shoot. out whether you, you know, yeah, might you like, like it. it or not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. We're still here. Yeah, it's Somebody's dissolved in their trouble. They're going to reappear like um, Peter Pettigrew. Yes, Peter Pettigrew. <laughs> <laughs> How was it playing Peter Pettigrew? That must have been uh, Peter Pettigrew. Well, yeah, I mean, it was all right. Uh, yeah? When you got the call, did you expect it to come? I mean... Do you know what? I... Do you wonder, apart from... The pressure from my family, my children. Really? Were they proper on? Uh, I've got to do it. I, it was, um, of course, I thought the whole franchise was a marvellous thing up to what I'd seen already. Um, mm. But um, no, it was Alfonso Cuaron mm. directing it. And he was so seductive about me playing the part yeah. um, that I ended up doing it. And funny enough, it's one of those parts which turns out to be one of the smallest parts I've ever played. But it's internationally the one that... You know, I got in a lift in um, um, uh, Lithuania. Uh, no, New Mexico. New Mexico. And these <laughs> middle-aged, very distinguished middle-aged African uh, American uh, couple got in. Mm. And I thought he looked like you know, a wonderful politician, and he mm. turned to me and said, "Oh my God, are you the rat dude?" Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I do answer to that particular appellation. Yes, I'm glad you called well, my name. But no, I mean it's and then it, that's right. When he was like in his sixties, and then he's mm-hmm. like, sometimes you'll be in a queue in Tesco's, and there'll be a, like a seven-year-old who's just seen it for the first time looking at me, <laughs> and I sometimes I do a little. <laughs> little um, kind of ratty smile can't help myself <laughs> that's wonderful and I suppose it, it must have helped in terms of carrying on working and, and sort of you know more people approaching you in terms of work well I don't work. know I mean it's very particular but it, it, once you're in something like that mm. you're kind of blessed by it or stricken by it and blessed by it at the same time I mean it I suppose I wouldn't know how they work these things. I don't keep up with the modern world. I know they've got all these mysterious lists. Don't they judge people's importance now by how many people they've got on their on their, Instagram and Twitter? Yeah, because I, yeah. I, I, I'm very. I'm not proud, but I'm, I'm gloriously unabused by uh, Instagram. I'm. I, I actually quite enjoy. Not proud, but I quite enjoy not really knowing what it is. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. And I wouldn't know how to go on Facebook, and um, oh. so that's probably why I never, I don't work because I'm not. <laughs> uh, who is he? Um, no, because uh, I don't, uh, I don't. There's too, I've got too much information in my head. I don't want any more. Right, and to be keep putting anymore. pictures up and information. You're yeah, like, no, I don't, I don't want, want any more. You don't um, want to know what Barry from school's doing. Yeah, I don't. Don't. I don't. My hope is happy, but I don't want to know what he's, <laughs> what he's having for breakfast exactly, and whether exactly. he's going to get some new trainers. No, I don't. No, exactly. Okay. It doesn't enhance my world. No. So you don't think you don't think at all that Harry Potter or something as big as that did have a difference for a while in terms of the calls coming through for work? Well, no, because 
I don't know. I wouldn't know. I mean... Uh, was there not a bigger shift? No, because look, he's, uh, look, they go, oh, look, there's a guy playing somebody who used to be a rat and now is this really creepy, strange little rat-like fat bloke. He'd be absolutely right for the new lead in our film. I don't think it goes like that. I don't think it goes like that. I mean, no. that's a kind of um, one of the things we like to think happens, mm. um, but I don't think it does. I think it might just go, oh, I've heard of him. He's in, in, in that. Yeah. But I, don't, I think it's more to do with that rather than you're either right for the part or you ain't, yeah. you know, and you ain't going to get it. You're not going to play. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sort of um, – um, lucky because often I get parts that they think, who the hell can play this? You know, sure. like Paisley and um, mm. uh, um, and um, people like uh, uh, David Irving. They think, who do, who do we get to do it? Either, the, either there's some mug, every other tells us doing it down. I go, <laughs> so I go from playing a rat to playing someone like, um, you, know, uh, you know, Churchill or something. Mm. You know, I mean, it, yeah, yeah. It's, it's I difference. suppose that is one of the things about being a character actor, yeah. meaning you play different people all the time rather than uh, versions of yourself mm-hmm. uh, that you um, – so I do, but I don't think one part necessarily leads to another in that way. You're, you're you know, you, you are um, – you can't, you know, sort of film – there's a difference between being a kind of like a film star and a film actor. You know, film stars are often people that are – personas that are very much their own thing and they yes. f- can fit into any maybe wish fulfillment characters mm. that uh that people attach them they th- they can become anything by being the same not yes. always because some of these actors are brilliant character actors in their own right mm. but there is a difference um mm. you know so but my thrill has always been constantly surprised by what i'm offered you know, uh, yeah. and then thinking, should I have a go? Yeah. That's that's uh, that's that, your agent that's now. Your that's agent. my bleeper saying you're talking shit. <laughs> that's my shitometer. <laughs> there we go. Imminent uh, torpedo attack. Yeah, that, yeah. that was. Uh, we are down subterranean, a subterranean place. Yeah, exactly. Know. And it's it's similar to what you you obviously did in Stanley as well. You know, with all the multifaceted characters and everything that you've learnt all this time, but yet you were also the lead. So that was well, I suppose so. I mean, it, it would if you wanted to take a negative view, saying like, oh, just it's just he's being greedy. But reality is, is that. There was nobody else in it. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, and it wasn't like we could go, oh, we get him to play that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. these characters were informed by our con- Steve and I's conversation, Steve and I's joint imaginations, mm-hmm. dreaming these characters up. And then we went with them um, and we had the bottle or the foolhardiness, as it were, whatever, whichever way you look at it, to come up with it and then capture it. And there we are. Um, and being an actor and spending most of my life, uh, uh, you know, from the age of you know um you know 20 really to now being an actor a lot of you know my experience of life is also about from that point of view but having watched people who have influenced me mm. and also connecting them to deeper sides of what those things are not just the you know because i suppose you get to know from being inside the business where these things grow from take for instance you know um Musical in itself, musical grew out very much out of, out of what people were doing on the streets. You know, mm. you know, great musical comedians uh, doing a mixture of come grew out of kind of the great 
British uh, tradition of, um, you know, grotesquerie in literature mm. and what happens in normal people's lives and bringing them together to make them in- entertaining for normal people to understand. So, you know, and then that's what's sort of come along in Stanley, this connection between the kind of mundane, the grotesque and the uh, norm- normal, you know, mm. fed by a, a damaged mind, you know. Amazing. And the film is out. Obviously, it's screening tonight um, mm. in um, Picturehouse Cinemas. Where's, yeah. Where else can people see it after that if they miss it tonight? It, well, if they look on the Picturehouse website, it will it will have all the dates. It's on next week in London, and then it's around the country the following week. Okay. And then also going to turn up in some other places. Yeah, and then it? in July it'll be in other in other cinemas around the UK. So I think, but if they just look at Picturehouse Central uh, website, they'll they'll see. They'll see. Perfect. Yeah. Do we know when there's DVD release yet, or is that way ahead of time? Uh, I don't think it'll be that long. Probably um, September, October. Yep. Yeah, great. Okay, perfect. This has been fantastic. Thank you very much, both your time. Really it's appreciate great, it. Very really, much. no, thanks. Great. It's really easy to talk to people. You know, it's, we're in, you know, in know what it's like, you yes. know, and, yeah. you know, don't forget, don't give up hope ever. Keep doing it. Keep yeah, doing it. Exactly. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got also to thank Mike uh, from the Warrior Agency for setting this up. Cheers, Mike. Yes, yeah, big up, big yeah. up. Um, if you're a screenwriter, director, and you want to make your script better, then get onto the rain dance link in the show notes. Tap in the little discount RD Podcast Twenty. This is only for you who listen to this, and no one else. It is so special. Um, being prepared is everything. You can make your indie film, but know who your audience is and get out there and do it. And remember, if you're lucky enough to do well and rise up, it's your duty to send that elevator back down. If you enjoyed listening to this, please like, share and subscribe to us on iTunes. You can follow us at Filmmakers Pod. You can follow me at Giles Alderson. Andy, where can we follow you? The Dark Web. The Dark Web, always. And uh, 35mm DOP on Twitter and Instagram. There we go. Stephen, have you got a Twitter following? I haven't. No, not yet. And Tim definitely hasn't, as we've uh, Mercifully. Mercifully not. But the Stanley the Film, has that got as its own website? It has got its own website. Yeah, the CK Films. Yep, the so CK Films. You'll find all even more information on Stanley the Film there as well. Uh, the new show is out next Tuesday, so we will see you next Tuesday. Until then, stay well, work hard, and take another step forward to making your indie film. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. All Thank right. you. All right. Yeah, really good. Oh, really good, good, good. This was a podcast from the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com.